Mike, I'm having a panic attack. Mike will then ask, what was your goal? And I say to him, oh, my goal, I came here to get bananas, but now I'm feeling a little uneasy. And Mike will ask, what are your options? And I'll say, well, I could leave the store. What else? I could um, call an ambulance. What else? I could just get pears. What else? I could call a friend. What else? I could sip water. What else? I could just sit down and rest. What else? I could um, I could ask you to just get the stuff for me. What else? I could call the manager and complain. What else? I can't think of anything else. Well, out of all these options that you listed, what would you say yes to? Well, let me see. You know, I think I'm just going to get the bananas. Has your goal changed? Um, no, my goal hasn't changed. Then go. This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ the Big Guy. Hi, it is Russ the Big Guy. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur who is very familiar with the struggles and successes related to running a business. I know it is definitely worth the struggle. The freedom and unlimited potential keep me moving forward, fueled by my why. Aligned with that is my desire to share with you, the entrepreneur and aspiring business owner, entertainment, information, inspiration, and even transformation into an even more amazing entrepreneur and human. To those ends, please enjoy this episode of Going Boldly. Hey, this is Russ. I am up here in the studio. We are above Washington Avenue in our penthouse suite. And I have a couple uh, interesting people with me today, multi-talented people. They've had successes in various uh, industries, so to speak, various uh, entertainment fields and more. And uh, very excited because this is something that you might not know. It's kind of a new concept for me, and I think it's amazing. We're going to talk about what Dr. Teresa Whitney, Ph.D., is up to. Dr. Whitney brought her husband, Mike Whitney, and I think they have a special surprise for us today, and it'll be one of our first times when we're going to have a musical number included. Welcome, Dr. Whitney and Mike. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's so nice to be here. <laughs> You're welcome. Do you prefer uh, Dr. Whitney, Teresa, um, Joe, your nickname? What, what do you like? Joe is fine. I have some experience with a person who, is, who experiences anxiety, social anxiety, and I've seen at its worst how disabling and what, what kind of a disability it could be. I'm really excited to learn more about the GO model. Great. And so we're going to have you tell us about that. Right now, the level of anxiety, particularly with young people, is like out of control. Sure. Yeah. Just your opening statement brought to mind a t-shirt that I just bought um, when people you know, use the term doctor. Whitney yeah. with me. Um, the t-shirt reads, I'm not that kind of doctor. So first I, need, <laughs> first I need to say that I do not treat people with anxiety. Okay. And that's important to know about the GO model. So I'll, let me just tell you briefly what the GO model right. is. The just GO, do a br- let's just do a brief one and then we're going to mm-hmm. get your story. Oh, which sure. is which I know some of, and it's extremely powerful. Oh, great! And then, um, then maybe we can circle back around and we'll go deep into the go. Yeah, Does that make sense. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just going to give you the the okay. bare bones here. All right. That the go and the go model stands for goals and options. Right. And so that that's something that's important to know. And the go model essentially is um, well, we're building support teams for panic. Um, so that's not to 
be confused with treating people with panic. That's certainly not um, what we do. Um, But basically, when I do work with somebody that has anxiety, it's a funny thing. You would think that the person of panic would know how to use a support person. So I am an executive coach, and in my coaching, I help others to reach their goal of how to use support. Right. So a person in panic or a person undergoing uh, an anxiety attack Mm -hmm. doesn't have to have all the skills and tools to be able to manage all that in their head right away. They just need to know how to manage and interact with someone who's going to help them their support is that am i saying that right no not 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 quite okay let me just clarify this so somebody that has anxiety they they have a responsibility they need to know what it is they need support for so if i'm seeking support from somebody um and i say i need your support ross Right. You would say, for what, Joe? And I say, for panic. All right. Well, just stop panicking. Well, like, <laughs> that would be the wrong kind of support, right? That would definitely be the wrong right? kind of support. Or, but... or hold your breath and jump up and down. or uh... <laughs> You know, that that's actually been said. Yeah. But no, that's, that's not, you know, right. on track. Right. So what would happen is it would be my responsibility as a person of panic to say, oh, I'm uh, starting a new job and I need your support for that. Because if I just simply said, I need support for panic, you might look at me and say, well, Joe, panic is you know, powerful enough, it doesn't need any support, (laughs) you know. So having that goal, and that's what the responsibility of uh, the person of panic is, is to have a goal that needs support. And then the second half of that is to train the support person, which we'll talk about. Right. We're going to dig into all of that. So why did you come up with this goal model? I mean, um, why was this so important to you? You know, that's that's a great question. And I really, really, I'm, I'm glad that you asked. Joe, I just want you to know, occasionally I come up with a good one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Ross, the answer to that yes. is, um, I, I do have a story, in fact, All right. that um, early, early on in uh, my teen years, I became completely housebound with agoraphobia. Um, which is a a fear of, you know, leaving your house. And I was completely housebound for nearly 20 years. During that time, I kind of discovered that there there was a loophole between recovery and, um, you know, this panic. And, And there was some way that we had to bridge this together. And I, I noticed around me that I didn't have the support. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as I started thinking about that in terms of recovery, I could see a big correlation and said, wait a minute, you know, support wasn't enough for somebody to look at me and say, what do you want me to do? I mean, be honest, if I were to ask you right now, you know, if I said, Ross, I'm having a panic attack, would you know what to do to help me? No, no, I'd probably um, uh, get you some fresh air and a glass of cold water and sit next to you and hold your hand and until you came out of it. I mean, that could be years, I guess, yeah. from what you're saying. And those are all grounding. And I, I would never say anything about grounding, but at the same right. time, it's not really moving you towards a goal. So they're, uh, that those are actually legitimate grounding methods or oh, what course. does that mean? Grounding? Grounding are things that um, will help you uh, stay grounded and not have like that 
uh, flight or uh, fight okay. or flight response, you know, you'll you'll kind of start to come back into your own. Are they meant to interrupt whatever patterns are going on in, in the uh, person of panic's head? I think they are meant to be a distraction. Right. Yeah, I think so. Um, it seems like treating the symptom and maybe not necessarily helping the person in a, a deeper way or, or maybe they're not practical in all situations. Well, again, you're kind of getting out of my league. That would be okay. more for a, a medical profession to right. answer. Um, again, I just, I focus on, you know, helping them to build that support team. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. All right, good. So it was your personal experience that made you realize that there needed to be something more or better or more effective than whatever it was that you were or weren't using in the past or that you found out other people were failing with, I guess, not failing, probably the wrong word, but not being impactful. Yeah, we wouldn't use the word failing, but right. um, this gets me excited. Now we're talking. We're talking my uh, my language. This is exciting. Let me tell you. Okay. Okay. So what happened was I married Mike. Okay. <laughs> I'm. I assume that was a good thing. Uh, for the most part, it's been good. Okay. But that's <laughs> so what. I have to agree. Yeah. Sounds like a normal relationship, <laughs> right? <laughs> but that's what made me start to realize that um, there was a great need for support and what support really looked like. Um, So there there are simple things that happened. Um, Mike could probably tell you better at this point, but I'll just, I'll start the ball rolling and then see how Mike feels about jumping in. Okay. Um, When you talk about having somebody as a support um, partner, you're actually talking about accountability. And this is, this is the key to the whole goal model is that accountability. So a simple thing, I'm going to give you an example. I might've been walking in the mall and I would say, Oh, Mike, I'm going to walk into the store. Will you wait right here in the hall? And I would go into the, and he would say, sure, I'll stand right here. I would go into the store and I would browse around. And you know, because I was housebound for so long, this was an independence that just was glorious to walk around and feel fabrics and look at the colors. And I really wasn't thinking about anything other than I was going to go back to the hall and Mike would be there because we agreed on it. I would go back to the hall and find Mike gone. (laughs) (laughs) Mike was buying another guitar. Yeah, right. (laughs) No, he would be like, um, you know, two stores ahead buying a soda. Yeah. And I mean, which is normal behavior. I was going to say that sounds very normal. It like, does. Yeah. You could walk out and look around and yell or whatever and find them pretty quickly. Right. But it broke that bond of trust between, oh. you know, the, the accountability that was so important. And so if he had said, well, if I'm not right here, I'll be down there getting a drink. It would have made all the difference. Okay. And so anyway, um, there's some people that just aren't, you know, just because you're married to somebody does not mean that they have to live the rest of their life in that role. They're not appointed that position. And this is where building a support team. Okay. um, You know, it got to a point where I actually kicked Mike off of my support (laughs) and built my own team. team. Okay. (laughs) On the team, off the team. Finally, he says, how many years has it been? (laughs) No, I'm still there for support. Yes. Gotcha. Whenever I'm needed, you know, right. 20, 24-7. Your backup. 
Yeah. Okay, you're like second line, <laughs> or second line yeah, of I'm defense. Ben- I'm on the bench until I'm needed. Okay, gotcha. Um, so, no, actually, he had, he learned the process, and okay. now it's it's much easier. All right, for him. let's let's dig into this because okay. I know just talking about briefly about the goal model is just the tip of the iceberg. You have lots of exciting things in the works mm-hmm. that are based around this concept. Let's really explain it in a way that the person who is listening who has the panic and the anxiety and the support person can really understand why they need it, why it will be so valuable to them. Oh, great. All right. So go in the nitty gritty if you want to. And and if it gets too technical or whatever, we'll edit it up so it makes sense. But Not just dig right all. in. Oh, all this, right. this is fantastic. The GO model, in fact, is such a simplistic uh, model that we're actually going to demonstrate it right now. Absolutely. And okay. that, that way you'll understand it completely. Okay. Okay. Um, so the, the goal model has five steps and we're going to walk through these five steps and then that's the end. The reason you would need a coach after that is because it's a little more complex of the training. It's so hard. It's easy to fall into the, I want to fix this, but we're going to show you the, the goal model. Okay. Okay, great. So if you can picture in your mind, uh, we are in the grocery store together, Mike and I, and we're walking along and we're at the grocery store because I've decided I'm hungry and I want some bananas. So we're walking along and I look at Mike as I'm feeling anxious and I say, Mike, I'm having a panic attack. Mike will then ask, what was your goal? And I say to him, oh, my goal, I came here to get bananas, but now I'm feeling a little uneasy. And Mike will ask, what are your options? And I'll say, well, I could leave the store. What else? I could um, call an ambulance. What else? I could just get pears. What else? I could call a friend. What else? I could sip water. What else? I could just sit down and rest. What else? I could um, I could ask you to just get the stuff for me. What else? I could call the manager and complain. What else? I can't think of anything else. Well, out of all these options that you listed, what would you say yes to? Well, let me see. You know, I think I'm just going to get the bananas. Has your goal changed? Um, no, my goal hasn't changed. Then go. So you see, now that's the simple process. So that seems that seems like super simple and almost too simple. Exactly. So what what happened there that and does that work? It absolutely works. With I mean it was almost like nothing really happened. You just had a little conversation and somebody and so uh, much happened. So let me okay, let me break it down for you. So what happened was that I had a goal yeah. Um, and I'm the person of panic, and I had a goal. To get the bananas. To get to go grocery shopping, to get okay. the bananas, yes. And, you know, when I started to feel anxious, instead of Mike telling me things like right. breathe or, um, you know, just get peaches, instead of him telling me what to do, I got to list all the options that I could do. And as I listed each one of them, it was like an exit sign. And what do you mean? An exit sign from the panic. Oh, you know, and in each one that I listed, I felt like I had more options than just to stay or to run out of the store. I started seeing that I had a lot of options and I started to feel calm with each one that I listed in control in control. 
rather than something else being forced on you when you're already feeling exactly. anxious. Exactly. Oh. Right. And so then Mike followed up mm-hmm. by asking me, which one would you say yes to? Yeah. You know, as a person of panic, it's, oh, it was years and years that nobody ever asked me what I wanted. Oh. They were so busy doing what they thought their uh, role of support was of telling me what to do. Or trying to fix you. Trying to fix you. But what yeah. happens is you lose your voice. Mm. You lose your own voice. So he was, I was taking, you know, power back by being able to say which one I wanted to choose. Oh my gosh, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's surprisingly uh, complicated in a, the simplest way. <laughs> absolutely. It, it absolutely. Is. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You don't need to haul around a lot of equipment to do this. <laughs> I, I always say we invented the paperclip of oh anxiety. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's it has a multi-purpose. It's important for the person asking the questions too, not to... Right use any facial expressions mm-hmm. or vocal inflections to sway them one way or another. You remain totally neutral. And okay. Just, and just right. Ask. So you're not judging. Right. And no. you're not. Um, you're not leading. And you're. Yeah. Yes. Good. And that's the sense of that control thing again. It, it is. It's, it keeps you in control mm-hmm. or allows you, allows, allows you to regain to have, right. regain control well to ha- have a voice yeah. that's that's the biggest have thing a voice. Is that you you lose your voice um, as somebody with anxiety um, so then let's let's continue on so after i you know make my choice okay his next question to me was has your goal changed right now, Yes, this is very important because whether I had chose to get peaches and I had to say yes my goal has changed it's okay Mm. It's just okay. But what the important thing is, is that I have sight on my goal. I didn't lose sight of my goal. You right. want it all time. Know what your goal is. Um, well, what if you what if you changed your mind? If I changed my mind, that's totally fine. He Can would, you do the role play from when, oh, you, of course. when Mike would say, has your goal changed? Yeah. Well, let me just tell you what, um, so say, which one would you choose? Which oh. one would, out of all those options, which one would you choose? I think I'm going to choose to leave the store. Has your goal changed? Yes. Then go. That's what oh. would happen. Um, and, okay. And during a, um, a talk one time, somebody asked this question. They said, well, how many free passes do you get? Okay. Well, I was going to ask something similar, but not mm-hmm. quite so snarky. I right. was I was going to say, like, how how is that helpful if you chose to change your goal, mm-hmm. um, but your previous answers... Your previous descriptions tell, informs me that you are in control, mm-hmm. and you st- it's still your voice, mm-hmm. and no one's telling you you should leave because well you're getting stressed. Let's get out of the store, mm-hmm. right? So and- what? But what, what? So what happens now? Um, uh, in either case, like what's the next step or the future or? Well, let, let me just uh, explain that. Okay. Question that was multiple questions. Yeah, so well, I got a lot of them. Let, <laughs> let me get caught up here. Okay. So. Um, how many free passes do you get? Let me answer that one well, first. That's kind of a weird, snarky that's, way to ask the question. It was really asked like that. It if was. You can believe was it. that was that somebody who was a caregiver who was or a support person who was frustrated or what? It was actually um, somebody in the industry. Oh. Um, yeah. Um, so they they a health profession, but they asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> They're feeling threatened <laughs> from such a, yeah. a, a fec- simple and effective method. Right. So um, the answer to that is that that's none of um, my business. 
you know, as a support partner. That's okay. not your job to ask that question because that's between the person of panic and their doctor. If it becomes a problem and they continue to leave the store or change their mind, that might be something they want to address with their healthcare provider or their therapist, and they can work on that. Your job is okay. to solely support their decision. Um, and that okay. was their decision to leave the store. So they changed their mind. And again, that just gives them the control, the power, and their own voice. I can see that. Yeah. That makes sense. And it's so powerful. And you know, when you have, and I can speak from personal experience, that when you have your own voice and you're making your own choices, normally you're not going to say, I want to leave the store because the, the anxiety has gone to such a low level. Um, and I mean, if it does, it's totally okay. It's mm-hmm. not a big deal. And again, when it becomes a problem, and that's where the training for the support person comes in, is they have to realize that that's not their job as support. That's a doctor's job. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Can you think of a time when you when you first had your voice? Yes. What, yes. what, what was that? What was involved with that? Well, and, I, I, and I'm asking you for the listeners. All right. So the oh. listeners who's, oh my gosh, I don't have my voice yet or whatever. Yeah. Or I'm still stuck in this... Uh, maybe the cycle of mm-hmm. not getting the right support or maybe the getting support, but not being able to take the next step out of it or something. Right. Right. So, um, for me, I was in a support uh, group for panic attacks and they actually asked us to list options, um, uh, to pick a, uh, fear. And mine was of crowds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a fear of crowds yeah. and they, um, said, well, make a list of places that you can go and practice, um, a crowd. <laughs> was it was like an immersion <laughs> therapy. <laughs> <laughs> no. So they would say, you know, go visit the mall or yeah. something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you know, none of those, uh, felt right for me. And as I went home, I made a list and this is the first kind of baby steps to developing the goal model as I made this list. And what I came to realize is that um, if you ask people, you know, to list their options, they can only list three to five when they begin. So the important thing um, for the person of panic to learn during uh, the coaching that I do and the training is to expand your list of options. The more you can expand it, the lower your anxiety is going to go. It's kind of the more you put in, the more you get out. Yeah. I can imagine you standing in the, uh, the produce department at the grocery store for 20 minutes listing Two dozen. That's why I was kind of curious. Like, how many options are you going to list? Like, how long will that go on? As long as it needs. As to. long as it takes. But you know, you don't need any equipment, so you're not bringing in. Yeah. You know, um, I've heard of people needing to bite on a lemon or. Yeah. You know, blowing out a candle. There's all kinds of grounding techniques yeah. with this. You don't need anything. I like and if that. If you have to stand there for five minutes and lift list options if you can list that many yeah you know i want to give you a high five right now it seems to me that when you're listing your options it's only going to go on as long as well the panic subsides mm-hmm. uh, until the panic subsides, yeah, subsides. And it usually doesn't take that long yeah. so would you as a person of panic or would a person of panic when listing options then just say whoa 
that's what I want to do and then skip the rest of the steps? No, no, you wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't recommend that because, okay. uh, again, the next following steps are equally important. You want to bring, after your decision, you want to bring your goal back to mind. The reason for that is um, this is the, the study that I've done and, and the research leads to the fact that they don't usually have those automatic steps to, you know, calculate that I, I want to do this and this is going to make me feel better. And that's why the practice and doing these little tiny steps in between. But leaving any of the five out would really hurt the process. Yes. So I went home and I started listing places that I could um, find a crowd. And I honestly listed 64 places. If you can, um, you know, imagine yeah. everything from churches to concerts to um, anything. And my deep love for music, um, I finally turned around and said, I'm going to join a rock band. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so here I was, a, a middle-aged mother with no experience, no yeah. musical ability whatsoever. And I decided that to overcome my fear of anxiety and panic in a crowd, I would join a rock band. And I did. And you've never looked back. I've never looked back. <laughs> oh my gosh. Many people have known you just for the music. It's right. interesting. So. Yeah. so the goal model is something that's so simple, yet so complex. It has, it's kind of like the onion, you know, the Shrek model. I always, <laughs> I always talk about like Shrek talks about he's an onion, he peel back the layers. So it sounds yeah. like a similar sort of thing. It looks pretty simple on the outside. Right. And even simple to utilize, mm-hmm. but uh, each step is important and the outcome and the actual, the process and then the outcome is actually quite deep. It is. So what are the ways that people can learn about the goal model? Yeah, I know you were had mentioned a book at one time. You mentioned that you do coaching. There's a listener out there who is experiencing panic. And what would you suggest? I would suggest they go to my website. Okay. www.thegomodel. That would give information about our book. All right. So there is a book available right now? There will be a book in December. Oh. It's in final edits right now. We're really excited. Okay. Yeah. And can you give us a sneak preview, kind of, of what might be in there, or um, definitely, I mean, uh, an outline, or yeah, yeah. In the beginning, you'll get a little bit about um, the background history that I lived um, twenty years housebound and what that was like. Right. I raised four children from my couch, and well, some people might find that hard to believe, yes. especially if they know you now. I know, I know. Yeah, all true. Um, you know, and, and there was just all kinds of background. I can't wait until you read that. Um, it talks about how I went from a GED to a PhD. Wow. <laughs> With all the other ones in between, not just. Right, right. <laughs> right. I would like to know how to do that one. <laughs> if you can skip it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and then from there, what I do is um, each chapter is about each one of the steps. Oh. Um, you know, one of the... the um, Things that we don't think of when you talk about having a support team is the safety in that. Um, There's too many relationships that I've come across and that um, I I just, I hate to even say it, but domestic violence um, plays a huge, a huge role in this. Um, and, And it's because when you have somebody, a spouse who's just appointed to be uh, your your support and and they're your sole support. 
um, there's a danger in that that they could take advantage of. Whereas having a whole team, it's more transparent. And um, so there is a safety. And there's a chapter that talks about that. Um, you know, narcissism is, is very well known. And um, I'm just sad to say that it goes on more than, uh, more than we know. So there's a safety factor in one of the chapters. Um, five of the chapters talk about each one of the steps and how important it is. Um, it talks about the role of the person of panic. Um, you do have a role. And it talks about the role of the support. Um, the support person in learning accountability, um, learning not to fix the problem. Uh, it talks about um, one of the, the big things that uh, my book kind of validates is the difference between subjective um, goals versus objective goals. And when, when you're talking about coaching in general, you're generally talking more subjective. You're talking about intuition. You're talking about more of an opinion or the want of the person. When you talk about objective goals, then you're talking more logical. Where And this is where, you know, you talk about don't fix the problem for me. It may seem very logical that if I was having a panic attack that you might say, get over it. You know, those might be the logic. But that's not what we're looking at in the goal model. We're looking more at the subjective um, you know, success. Can you explain that a little more? Sure. When you're looking at the subjective um, success, I guess the biggest question would be, how would you measure um, this sort of um, success? And I just think there still needs to be um, so much uh, research done. But in some ways, that's what we're doing with these five steps is the um, the support person is making sure that all five of these steps are being met, and that will serve as the measurement for the subjective um, measures for this type of goal setting. Um, the goal setting is important to be um, subjective, but it could be argued, you know, how, how valuable is that and, and, and viable is that? Um, so all of these things are discussed more in the book um, okay. in greater detail. So if someone is experiencing anxiety or panic right now and they don't want or can't wait until December when the book comes out, you gave us your web address. Should they go there or what else? Should, what would you recommend? Yes, absolutely. Go there because I am available for um, talks. Um, I do keynotes. Um, I have full day presentations. If you're a corporation, I have half days. If it's just one-on-one, I have coaching sessions available. Oh, great. Um, so definitely go on there and check out uh, what there is to offer. And also, I just want to mention that in, during the, uh, the coaching program that I offer, you would start with a 21-day reset. It's said that it takes 21 days to form a habit. So we would start with that. And that's just of small goals each day. It's so hard to get started with knowing what a goal is. And then we do a 90-day lifestyle change. During that 90 days, that's when we will be building your um, personal support team. Okay, so this looks like a great opportunity for somebody who is experiencing uh, panic right now or anxiety or maybe just even wants to just chat with you about what their experiences are right now. You sure. could You could kind of get point them in the right direction, maybe... Um, maybe the goal model isn't for them yet, right? right, or, right. But it might be. So right. I know that you're a nice person and you are one of the people who I would describe as a giver. 
Ah, not a taker. <laughs> I've roughly divided the world into two categories, <laughs> givers and takers. <laughs> and you're on the you're on the giver side quite yeah. deeply in there. So I know that I think that if someone contacted you, they wouldn't have to worry about like like being like pressured into doing anything or like you're not a hard sell type of person. Like you're not going to try and talk them into buying something or whatever. You are legitimately going to help them. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because the go model is absolutely not for everybody. And okay. it doesn't, it's not that you have panic and you qualify. This is for somebody who is overcoming a goal. And I mean, there's everything. There's even a, a contract that you sign in the beginning uh, with your, your team. Okay. And this says that you will only talk about positive goals. If there's ever a negative or, you know, posing harm to yourself or someone else, that uh, team is disbanded until you've, um, you know, been in treatment and oh. through your doctor. So, okay. it's just, yeah. yeah All right, good. So, measures. yeah, so you're everybody. not, re- and then you're not replacing a lot of that. You're, you're augmenting or supplementing any of that other therapy or what have you. Yeah, we, we, we don't yep. do anything. I know you really that. tried it. You've mentioned it several times. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. Well, you know, what's a fun, yeah, and I'm glad that you did because, you know, when somebody hears the word um, that we're building support teams, the first thing they say is, oh, you treat panic. Yeah. And I just need to really drive that home that we absolutely do not treat panic. You help the person who's in, in panic or the person who is experiencing the anxiety. We help them to build a team right. of support. You help them to build support. And that support will, you know, absolutely go with any of uh, the treatment that they're in. So if they're seeing a counselor, whatever the counselor and the uh, patient, you know, have designed, the goal model will support that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent. All right. Well, I think we covered uh, as much as we can with that today. I just wanted to unpack a couple things for our listeners who are the entrepreneur Uh, or the aspiring business owner, right? You are an entrepreneur. You are a business owner now. So Dr. Teresa Whitney, PhD, affectionately known as Joe, Mm -hmm. and uh, you have and you are exhibiting many of the characteristics that successful entrepreneurs need. And I I do this often in in the podcast because um, there are some people who have not yet, you know, stuck their toe in the entrepreneurial pool, so to speak. <laughs> some of us have jumped in without testing the water, but some people, you know, go a little slower or more carefully, at least in the beginning. So, uh, trying to learn things. And, um, so a couple big lessons, uh, based on, on your life, Joe, and your journey is that your past does not determine your future. And that's something that's heard a lot. But it's always great to have an example of that. So a person who is couch bound, who now, which we didn't talk about too much, but you are also a musician and you do, you front bands and you perform and you do community service through music and all of that as well. So that's kind of another part of your personality, your multifaceted diamond, so to speak. Right, you're no longer a diamond in the rough. You're a right. multifaceted diamond. And we have a new album. <laughs> <laughs> and you're now, well, all right, we're going to talk about music in a second. Yeah. And you are uh, Dr. Teresa Whitney, PhD now, yeah. as you mentioned, from yeah. uh, from from housebound, um, not finishing high school, yeah, to G- a PhD. G- GED to PhD. Amazing. Yeah. And, um, and something that many people talk about, I know Ed Milet likes to say it a lot, but your mess is your message. And a lot of people find that they're, 
is something in their life that maybe has held them back or maybe they're self-conscious about or maybe they think people will not like them or not approve of them because of what happened. But because your past doesn't determine your future, but you can use it as a source of power to drive you forward, you know, your mess is your message. And so that story about what you have overcome, all right, and, and, you, and speaking for you specifically, mm-hmm. like your message, mm-hmm. you just glossed over it. There's way more detail in there. I don't know if it's going to be all in your book or not, but it is, it's in is there. it all in there? Yeah, it's all oh in there. Oh my gosh! Oh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I could read it to be honest. Um, I'm going to, but yes. uh, it's not going to be an easy read in the beginning. I'm sure. Yeah. And um, but yeah, so our mess is our message. The things that we have gone through, the things that we've survived, right? We have all survived our absolute worst days, and here we are. Absolutely. And, and like the sky's the limit from here. It's now what choices do we make to go forward? So those are just a couple things that I wanted to point out and um, congratulate you personally on. Oh, right? thank you. And so there are a lot of others like us who have had had uh, issues in the past of varying degrees or we're still working through some of the stuff. Right, right. And, right. We're, and we're, we're building, we're moving forward, we're being optimistic. And uh, I just think it's so exciting. For people who have that entrepreneurial bug, they are driven – more than most probably to to personal development to professional development to be able to make life just amazing for themselves and and everything they touch so um, I just I'm getting goosebumps talking about it because it's so exciting <laughs> it's like where my heart lies and I just when people uh, when I'm around people who, who are living it and uh, mm. and examples to for our listeners it just I really get excited about it so yeah um, yeah, so congratulations, and thanks for coming in. We've talked about your website, yeah. uh, www.thegomodel.com, mm-hmm. and there's a way to contact you through the website. I assume there's a form in there or something, there or is. just like an email thing. Yes. Do you want to say an email uh, up front? Or? Uh, thegomodel.com. That's awesome. Just go to the website. No, there's an email, too. Just, All right, so uh, what's your email? Joe at thegomodel. J-O mm-hmm. at thegomodel.com. Yes. Okay. Super. All right. Let's talk about music briefly. Oh. And I know that Mike brought a guitar and I we did. completely glossed over it all, even though we talked about it in the beginning. <laughs> so um, what do you want to say about the music? We're going to do a song and yeah. uh, and then I have the questions for you. Oh, great. And okay. this is where people are going to get to know you a little better. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, so do you want to talk about the music? I do. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it. You know, music is still so important um, in my life. Um, it, I, I always tell the story of how I went from the couch to the stage. Yeah. And that was having to do with your with your back to what we already talked about was that long list of things that you yeah. had looked at as options or where places where you would be. In a crowd, exposed to, and a you crowd. decided you were going to join, join a, a band. band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And and so I did, and from there, um, you know, I have to be honest. Uh, the first time I was on the stage um, was the very first time that I felt at home in my own body. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and um, so from there, now I became a singer songwriter. And <laughs> <laughs> This song that we're doing today um, is actually doing very well. Um, Nashville loves it, so this is really a good thing. Um, We're excited. It's called One of the Bad Guys, and uh, the story behind it 
is that it's during a breakup. You know, when you're in a relationship, you're you're so in love with each other. But anytime you break up, there's somebody's going to be, you know, the bad guy, depending on who you're talking to. So yeah. you're both kind of the bad guy. So it's kind of, you know, owning that and just saying, okay, so I'm one of the bad guys. So you can hear the story. Um we're, we're really excited about now, it. Now, is this to high into the goal model at all, or is this just a, another facet of you it moving does. forward with well, your life? Well, no. All of our, um, you know, the music, the goal model, they all tie into each other. Um, I think this goes back when you read uh, my book, you're going to read my story um, about rejection. And so when I write songs, I write a lot about rejection, and I think that one of the most helpful things in anybody's life, whether you have anxiety or depression or, you know, anything going on inside is when you're journaling about it. And just like they say about prayer, that when you pray with uh, songs, it, it counts twice. I think the same thing happens when you um, journal with music. It kind of gives you double benefit. All right. I, I, actually, I'd never heard that before about the praying <laughs> part. Okay. So now it's time for our musical interlude, and it's time for Mike and Joe to present their original song. And uh, Mike and Joe are known as Joe and the Preacher, and it's titled One of the Bad Guys. You know, I tried to be the kindest person you'd ever meet. It didn't work for me. It didn't work for me I tried so hard to let things roll and let things be It didn't work for me It didn't work for me I tried so hard to make it true I fell hard and trusted you You showed me another side how it feels to hurt inside Now I'm one of the bad guys Tough as nails and kicking sand in your eyes I'm one of the mean ones too Just look at me wrong and see what I'm gonna do Oh, 
pushed me so I let go and it left my heart shot full of holes. Now I'm one of the bad guys. Tough as nails and kicking sand in your eyes. I'm one of the mean ones too. Just look at me wrong and see what I'm gonna do. Joe and the Preacher, thank you. All right, now, guys, it's time for the questions. Mike, you're going to be in on this, too, okay? I'm ready. All right, let's, let's intro. It's time to answer the questions. I double dare you. All right, now, um, Mike's a little on the quiet side, so I may have to double dare Mike to answer some of these. I'm not sure how forthcoming he's going to be, but uh, I know Joe's an open book, and... Uh, and she'll have the honest answers to these. You guys ready? <laughs> We're ready. This is going to help our listeners get to know you a little better, and it's sort of a fun thing we add in here. Okay, question number one. Who do people tell you that you look like? Joe, who do people tell you that you look like? That I look like? Yeah. Um, I don't know that they... Oh, okay. <laughs> Mike's nodding his head and smiling. <laughs> I'll, I'll actually tell you the most common okay. one, believe it or not, is Steve Perry from Journey. I think it's the nose. I don't know. I was going to say, you don't look at anything. I like have Steve no Perry. idea. They, they tell me that. Is it a profile? Let me see your profile. No. It could be. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Steve Perry, it is. Yeah. Mike? Uh, ben Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. I'm serious, yeah. Obviously, the hair and the, the glasses, glasses and all yeah, that. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. That's yeah. It. yeah. Bald you? on top, party in the back. Oh, the that's glasses. too funny. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, if you could have a conversation with a famous person, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you talk about? Mike? Oh, man. <laughs> it would um, probably George Harrison off the top of Ooh. my head. What would you talk about? Guitar stuff. Uh-huh. I like the way he plays. Yeah, I, I don't think he quite got his... Uh, he was kind of overshadowed by the by the other two, Yeah, you know? But... Uh, uh, on his own, he was he was quite quite amazing He's a as well. Fantastic guitarist, yeah. Know, the slide, yeah. Um, Joe, Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. Did you say why? No, I didn't, but I will. <laughs> the reason oppression. I just think that you know to hear what it felt like, you know, to some of the mile markers that she made in her life. I guess because I've felt that way so many times in my life. Oppressed. Yeah. Yeah. Interest, or trapped or trapped and just, you know, yeah. Okay. Discriminated, you know, everything. Yeah. I just that life. I, I admire that woman so much. Wow. Yeah. Have you written a song about her? No. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> thing you love the most about one of your favorite people in the world. All right. So what's the thing you love the most about one of your favorite people in the world? 
you can say who the person is if you want. Joe? The thing I love the most about... about one of your favorite people. That way we f- won't want people to... That way I didn't say your f- most favorite because I don't want, you know, we don't want to play favorites in that regard. We don't people want people to feel bad. Okay. Feel well, badly. One of the things I love about one of one of my So people. maybe make a short li- yeah, I'll help you out. Make a short list of a few of your favorite people. Mm-hmm. And well, then pick, well, you, Ross, of course. Of course, okay. And yeah. then pick what you love the most about that person. About you? I, I just... <laughs> 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 I love your, your podcast show, Ross. <laughs> On to Mike. All right. <laughs> All right, uh, think, about, think about your answer. We'll come back. That was a nice segue right there. All right, Mike, go ahead. Uh, what I love the most about one of my favorite people... Yes. Uh, it would have to be a her. Okay. Uh, I love her intuition... Her empathy, and she's one of the smartest people I've ever known. Wow. Talk about your mom, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. No. All right. Joe, Sorry, go ahead. Mom. All right. <laughs> we all love our mothers. <laughs> yeah. All right, Joe. So one of my favorite people. Um, I would have to say my grandson. Oh. He, he's three years old. But I think he's wise beyond his years, and I love our conversations. He is the person that unleashes my creativity. Wow. I think you're the first one who's ever answered the question quite like that before. But it's amazing. You know, I have a a granddaughter who's going to be three this month, Mm -hmm. like any day, actually, now that I'm thinking of it. Yeah. And the thing I love about little kids is, they are so honest. Yeah. And they're like sponges. So they regurgitate some stuff back or even have already processed some information yeah. and then give you their um, perception of it. And it's like, it's very energizing. Well, he calls me every morning and I just want to tell you our conversation. Okay. He says, <laughs> What? That means we're having a meeting. Oh. Meeting is in session. Okay. And he calls me Nini. And I say, okay. And he says, what's the reason? And you're... (laughs) (laughs) The reason for the meeting? Yes. Oh. And so then he'll make up something. And then he says, the meeting is ended. (laughs) I mean, how can you not love that in the morning? (laughs) (laughs) Now, does he contribute to the meeting in any way other than doing the alarm? No, that's (laughs) it. He just tells you what the reason is. And it might be... We're having toast for breakfast. The meeting is ended. You're going, well, okay then. But your creative juices during that meeting are just overflowing. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. The last question. All right, Joe, this is a coaching question. Um, Mm -hmm. I do offer uh, entrepreneur success coaching or probably soon to be called going boldly uh, success coaching Mm. or something similar. Mm so there's a little setup to this, right? You ha- and this is I designed this just for you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. All right, you have many goals ahead of you. Yes. Right, and yes. Mike, you can chime in on this too. Okay. All right, this will make might make it a little more interesting. I don't right. know. All right, so I'm putting Joe on the spot. So okay. someone who's prone to panic may need help. <laughs> ah! Oh my gosh, this is awful to do. To What's you. your goal? <laughs> <laughs> Answer the question honestly. Okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah, sure. All right. So you have many goals ahead of you, mm-hmm. and thus many smaller steps mm-hmm. and actions that will take up a lot of your resources, mm-hmm. a lot of your time, your money, your energy 
time away from Mike Mm -hmm. or maybe with Mike. Mm -hmm. That could be a benefit or not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. To what are you willing to say no? Which, which will help you focus your resources towards completion of your goals. Mm -hmm. That's actually an easy one. I'm happy to answer that. Um, The answer to that is I'm happy to say no to anything that's a distraction. Mm-hmm. Well, what are those? Those are things that do not um, have an attachment or lead to X. the big goal. Beautiful. Yeah. Name name a couple. Uh, Mike. I'm putting the pressure on you. Mike could be a distraction if he said, oh, let's go play bocce ball. Okay. You know, that could be a distraction or, hey, I booked a gig. Yeah. You know, if I'm really trying to focus on the edits for the book or, you know, so you pick the one big right. goal. So are those a couple things that, that are currently distractions? So like, uh, because you had already, we already talked about the music, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and listen to that awesome song. Right. And so we know music is an important part of your life and right. it's. I assume a priority. Right. I think what's important is that you have those big goal or goals. Okay. And then those small steps to reach there. So would music be um, a distraction? If I wasn't working, it comes to balance too. Okay. You don't have to just have one, you know, big goal. I mean, you're going to lead to something with everything. Um, And for us, it's the goal model, whether it's the music, the book, you know, um, I understand. Mm-hmm. So those small steps, but anything that's outside of that, that yeah. you're working on music and he says, oh, let's go have pizza. That might be a distraction. And I would definitely say no. So, <laughs> so, so far, the only, the thing that you've actually listed that's a distraction are suggestions that Mike makes. That's usually the way it goes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So that's, <laughs> all right. So I was just, since I know you, I was just trying to push you a little bit. Is yeah. there, is there actually one time waster that you are engaged in now that you can say no to that comes like something specific yes what is it yes um, i have some side jobs um, okay. that i do and they do um pose to be um distractions and uh, they're actually a goal to say okay i've had enough gotcha and that happens with growth you know as i grow and get one step ahead then some of the things that weren't a distraction that i thought were actually helpful become a distraction perfect yeah. yeah so yeah so you're so you're acknowledging the growth process the things change and evolve and mm-hmm. things that you might perceive as necessary now in the future at some point um, very possibly would be not right right awesome right. All right. <laughs> Thanks for being a good sport on that one. <laughs> I never, I never like push anybody oh, uh, with question. a coaching question because, um, you know, guests don't really sign on for that. Right. They usually just keep it a little more superficial, but thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. I oh, thought thank you. I knew you'd be a good sport on it. Mike, any final thoughts? I was really glad to be here today. Thanks, Mike. Eye opening. Thanks. I love your guitar playing, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, this is Russ. Uh, that comes to the end of our episode. I'm so thankful that uh, Dr. Joe, <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Teresa Whitney, PhD, was willing to come in, and uh, Mike as well to come in and share with us some of their thoughts and the amazing Go model and their music today. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. 
you might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode and it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests, or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.